three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you're all having a great start to your week so far. I've got a review for the latest Ridley Scott, uh, <laughs> Ridley Scott joint, uh, <laughs> for uh, House of Gucci, which I will be reviewing the uh, last duel as we head into awards season, because I'm going to be going through all the screeners with my partner. Uh, thank you to all the movie studios who continue, continue to send screeners for me to go ahead and stress out over what I'm going to review. So I went and saw this this past, oh God, when did I see this? This past Wednesday with my partner and I, we saw this in uh, uh, Encanto back to back, which I'll also be reviewing. So Let's get out of the way. Yes, Ridley Scott came out, talked shit about superhero movies, which, fine old man, you know, <laughs> like, if that's your thing, whatever. But let's get this out of the way. I'm a huge fan of Ridley Scott. I mean, just off Blade Runner alone, the man has earned the right to say pretty much whatever he wants in the same way that I can go sit up here and say, I think you're full shit. But I enjoy the hell out of Blade Runner. It's one of my... I think it's not, it is one of the most important sci-fi films that's ever been made. While I enjoy Gladiator, I'm not in love with it for a lot, in the same way a lot of people are. I really enjoy Matchstick Men, which he was a producer on. Um, of course, American Gangster, which is another movie he produced. Um, Scott's had a lot of stuff that does hit for me. But when... Scott directs some things that I'm like, eh, okay. Like Alien Covenant, if you haven't listened to our review, I did review that. I think that is one of the, that was one of the worst movies I saw that year. I fucking hate Alien Covenant. I rewatched it maybe two years ago and I still think it fucking blows. So not a movie I'll be changing my mind on. Uh, he, of course, did Robin Hood with Russell Crowe, which is a just a piece of shit. He did Body of Lies with that, which I actually think is very underrated. I I really enjoyed Body of Lies. American Gangster, I stand by the fact it's one of my favorite uh, crime dramas of all time, which is why when I saw the trailer for House of Gucci, I went, oh, okay, this is more like really Scott getting back to kind of the really Scott I personally like uh, in that vein of, you know, something like Match, uh, Matchstick Men, something like American Gangster. And... Yeah, I will simply say it's not that, which is probably where most of my disappointment comes in. So, jumping in here, um, uh, Marizo uh, Gucci, played by Adam Driver, he is the heir to the Gucci empire. His father is played, of course, by Jeremy Irons, the great uh, Jeremy Irons, who plays uh, uh, Rodolfo Gucci. And what I will say about this movie from Jump as far as justifying the film, it's one of the, it is an absolutely gorgeous movie. It is beautiful. And I will say, this is a movie that's an hour, uh, 158 minutes. It never dragged for me. Even when there are points where I'm sitting here going, I don't like this. This is dumb. I was never ready to walk out or not 
at least somewhat engaged by the film, which I think is something that I do have to give the film uh, some credit for. But the movie, first and foremost, really is about uh, Patri- uh, Patrizia, uh, who's played, of course, by Lady Gaga, Mama Monster, who you, of course, know from American Horror Story, A Star is Born, where, you know, she got a Oscar nomination. She could be getting her second one with this movie, but we'll uh, we'll get into that. So, uh, Patrizia comes from very humble beginnings. Her father is a like a truck manager of this, uh, as she puts it, a fleet of trucks, which I thought was actually uh, pretty cute. But she goes ahead and meets uh, Maurizio uh, at this party. And the way the party is shot and filmed, it's so beautifully done. There is this, almost this, how do I put this? There is this sense of grandeur with this movie. You know, when the movie even opens up, it opens up with a uh, Patricia voiceover where she even says, you know, Gucci is a name synonymous with wealth, power, uh, you know, a name that makes you want to afford their second most expensive item. If you even put says, you know, spoiler alert, you won't be able to. So the movie does a really good job from jump of establishing what Gucci means in the world that we're in. And I and I really do have to give Ridley Scott some credit on that because that is one of the threads I do feel like holds throughout the whole film. While I think the film does go off the rails at points, the, the name Gucci is always pushed as that level of fame, that level of wealth. And that is something that I think at points will kind of fill in some gaps for people if that message hits you the way that's intended. At points for me, it does. At points for me, it doesn't. But they go ahead and they start, <clears throat> we start with Patrizia. And so she goes ahead and meets uh, Maurizio at this party. And Maurizio is just, in, just, he's enthralled by her pretty much from jump. She has this admittedly magnetic energy to her. And one of the questions I don't believe the film answers to the, to the degree it needs to for this whole film to work. Because I was watching uh, Lady Gaga on uh, uh, Stephen Colbert last week. And it was a really fascinating interview, as most of her interviews are. And listening to her talk about uh, Patrizia and the concept or the, uh, the conversation she had with Ridley Scott about how do you think she she truly loved him? And Ridley Scott saying, absolutely, I believe that. She really loved him. And that really right there is my biggest complaint about this movie, because as you watch the trailers, you get, you know, American, uh, you know, American uh, crime, uh, American uh, crime story vibes from this movie. You get Ryan Murphy vibes, at least I did. And I will say for me, this leaned too much into camp to be a, a American crime story. It, it felt like the script and the tones were at odds with each other. It's really kind of confusing at points because there are points where the movie wants to be this very heavy drama. And then there are these points where Jared Leto's uh, Paulo is speaking with, <laughs> with, with basically Peter Griffin doing an Italian accent, the Baba the Beba, Baba the Beba. Like he's, he's, just around the corner from doing that shit. So it's really quite confusing when the movie wants to be serious. But 
uh, Parizia and Maurizio, they go ahead and they start dating. And what I do appreciate very early on is that there is a scene where uh, Maurizio and uh, Rodolfo, Jeremy Irons' character, his dad, go ahead and have this conversation. And he, uh, Rodolfo pretty much tells him, look, dude, she is, you know, in the in the snootiest way possible. She is lower class. She is below us. She's not Gucci. And tells him that, look, she could be trying to get her hooks into you. It's very possible that is all her intention is. And this, for me, early on, is where I think Ridley Scott kind of need to make this disconnect between uh, between uh, Peritzia and where she ends up going because I don't think it's what this is based on a book you can you we all kind of know how this ends up and what's frustrating about Gaga's I only want to say her performance what's frustrating about how she's written is that she feels like she is so in love at points with Marie uh with Mauricio there early on when he says you know that his last name is Gucci, you see her eyes light up. And admittedly, yes. Does she want to be rich? Does she want to be cared for? Absolutely. But there are these points early on where you go, maybe she does love him. And for me, I believe you need to show them more in love and actually having a great marriage before you have her take this turn to be more psychotic. It just feels, it felt jarring when that turn does happen. I just went, uh, okay, that's kind of a bummer. And so it does lessen the impact for me where the story goes and where <coughs> um, her story ends up because I wasn't as invested in the beginning bits as I believe the, the film wants me to be. Which does suck, because there are these, again, there are these moments where you go, okay, this is this is really working for me. I actually really like this. There's this scene, <laughs> there's this scene where uh, Maurizio and uh, Parisia, because uh, Maurizio gets kicked out of his house by his dad. His dad goes, oh, you're going to marry this girl? All right, that's cool. You have access to nothing. And... I actually did appreciate how Parisia's dad goes, oh, you're going to marry my daughter? You threw all this away? All right, cool. Here you go. Like, you're going to be, you know, cleaning trucks. And it's a weirdly sweet moment that Mauricio was willing to give up all of that, including essentially, you know, his birthright to go ahead and be with this woman that he just, that he clearly loves. And it leads to a shockingly, I don't want to say graphic sex scene. I mean, there's no boobs or anything or, you know, driver doesn't drop dong, which hashtag shame. But <laughs> but there is this point where they have this this pretty intense sex scene. And it's it, some of the music choices in this movie are just really weird. And I mean, look, if you're a fan of Lady Gaga, you know, being sexy there are multiple points in this movie where she's like in a bra or a thong or in a low-cut dress like cool you'll you might like it just because of how great lady gaga looks but to be honest i thought she was sexier than star is born being you know being this woman chasing her dream this movie is just 
such a there's so many different it feels like different forces at play when I'm watching this movie. And I think that's where my fascination at points comes in, but that's also where my disdain comes in. Uh, Jared Leto is in here. He plays uh, Paolo, who is uh, Aldo Gucci, who's played by uh, Al Pacino, uh, his son. And I have talked about at length my, my issues, my gripes with Jared Leto. I mean, outside of making shitty music, I really don't have, like, a lot of gripes with the guy. Obviously, his portrayal of the Joker, I'm not going to go off on it, but we, anyone with sense knows how bad that shit is. He's doing, he's, he did Morbius, which I'm not excited to see. Um, he was in The Little Things, which I never reviewed, but didn't like him in that. He's great in Blade Runner 2049 for the bit we get him. He's, of course, great in Dallas Buyers Club. It's not like the man is devoid of talent, but this this portrayal is going to be the one where I believe it'll make or break the movie for you. Because if you like Jared Leto and you're a defender of his, you will find a way to go, oh yeah, this is, he's fucking great. This is fucking fun. And if you're not a fan of Jared Leto's like I am, you'll probably go, this is bullshit. Fuck Jared Leto. I kind of fall in the middle because... Paulo feels like he's in a different movie. It's almost like he like that like he got snapped into a different movie. It's really weird because there are these points where Pacino and Al Pacino, just to take a moment here, I think one of the big mistakes this movie has or makes, and this is a mild spoiler, but you probably can put it together. So I'm finally saying it here. Jeremy Irons is kind of taken out of the game kind of early on, maybe maybe 25 minutes, 30 minutes in-ish. He's not in it a lot. And so, you know, as far as the uh, elder actor in this movie, Pacino really carries a lot of the weight. And Pacino, man, like, I, I know there's that point where it just felt like Pacino just was not giving a shit. That's how I felt when he did Jack and Jill in 2011, but... Then again, but then he goes ahead and, you know, he does Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's great in that. And while I'm not over the hills about the Irishman, he's great Jimmy Hoffa in, uh, Jimmy Hoffa in that. Um, he's great in that show Hunters that's on Amazon, which if you have not watched it, highly recommend you do. So Pacino can still step up to the plate and give you a hell of a performance. And the scenes that him and Leto are working off of each other it does work for me. It weirdly works for me. And I wish that there was more of that. There, there are these things that I really like, and I just wish there was more of it. As I'm sitting there watching this movie, all I kept thinking is, fuck, if this was, if there's a four hour, and I, you know, because of damn Zack Snyder, I, I don't know if I'll ever watch a director's cut of anything again, but if there's a four hour cut, of House of Gucci somewhere that really Scott's like, oh yeah, I have a four-hour cut of this. I would be fascinated to see what a four-hour cut of this movie looks like because this is something for me that screams this need to be a miniseries. This need to be a four or five episode miniseries to really flesh these characters out because there are these, these pockets of the movie where I'm like, I'm really interested in that. There's this point where... Uh, Patrizia calls uh, Maurizio, she goes ahead and calls him a uh, uh, a, uh, a Cretan, 
And the way that driver kind of stops, absorbs the uh, absorbs the insult, and then kind of turns to her like, "What did you say?" And you know, Flau goes, "Don't call me that." And it's the first crack you see in their relationship, and you kind of go, "Uh oh." But my big issue is, and I know I've said it already, but uh, Patricia being so power hungry, so Gucci hungry, so quickly after they get married, it does feel jarring. And there is this the scene where they discover some knockoff Gucci products, which is not surprising whatsoever. I ha- uh, yeah, but seeing that scene. And how quickly it escalates, I went, huh, okay. And I really wish that the film had done a little bit more earlier on to go ahead and establish that this turn is coming. Because you know the turn's coming, but does the turn feel earned at the end of the day? And for me, it doesn't. And that's for me, that for me is where I just went, damn, I wish there was a little more legwork done here to get us here. Uh, Patricia goes ahead and begins this relationship with this uh, psychic that she sees on TV. Uh, it's very Miss Cleo, and that made me laugh very hard. Played by uh, Salma Hayek. Uh, oh, so Salma. Uh, <laughs> who plays uh, Pina. And where that relationship goes, I went, all right, that's, that's interesting. And... I will say for me, it's it. I found it very odd that no one was aware of this relationship. I understand that Maurizio and Patrizia grow grow apart, but there's no point where he's aware of this bitch. And I just went, I I don't know. I I I I I understand people can hide things from each other, and that that's not you know a new thing. But I was really kind of. I don't want to say insulted, but that was something I just went, eh, okay. Like, if considering how important that character ends up being, again, would have liked a little more with the two, uh, with the two of them. Um, as far as other stuff I really enjoyed, a huge, huge, huge shout out, uh, to, uh, I'm going to butcher your name, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, there he is. Uh, Walski, who is the cinematographer on this, you know him from being the cinematographer on The Martian and on Prometheus and Sweeney Todd. And the cinematography in this movie is fucking pristine. Whenever they're in a Gucci store, whenever they're in one of these amazing villas, like you just feel like you're watching the Travel Channel. And it it really does engulf you in the world at these points as you're watching these certain scenes. It's really well done, and it's really quite uh, quite captivating at points just from a visual perspective. And then the other person I want to shout out is uh, Janty Yates, who is the uh, costume designer. She also did the costume design for uh, Robin Hood, which, you know, yeah, the costumes look great. Costumes look great in that, and then uh, for the Martian as well, as well as Kingdom in Heaven and Gladiator. And if the film's gonna win any Oscars, I personally think it'll be on uh, uh, Janty Yates or on uh, Darius uh, Walski's uh, shoulders because the costume design in this is fucking wonderful. Anytime Gaga is wearing a new dress or just a new outfit. She just looks, she looks pristine. She looks very Gucci. Uh, 
God, uh, she looks very Gucci. She looks very high class. And Driver, and I know I haven't talked about Adam Driver a lot, but it's almost this curse Adam Driver has because his floor is so high. Because Adam Driver is one of the best fucking actors we have. I mean, how underwritten was Kylo Ren? And he still managed to get moments of brilliance out of the out of those very underwritten scripts for him really impressive honestly uh ever since black Klansman, he's just in that role uh he's in that place of i'll see whatever the fuck the, the, the dude is in but he's great here and his descent from being kind of this quiet timid member of the gucci family to being this powerhouse and stepping into the lanes that he ends up doing I've really enjoyed him and Gaga. And again, I just really wish there was more of them together in this movie. And there just isn't. So getting to my final thoughts here, because I've already gone a little longer. But again, a lot of this is going to fall or to be dependent on what you think of Leto's performance. I think it's a fascinating performance. I won't go as far as to say it's a bad performance, but it's not a good performance, but it's, it's a lively performance. And I know that sounds like kind of a cop-out, but when you see the movie, you'll know what I mean. It's, it, it's something you kind of need to see. And me even describing it to you won't do it justice. I will say there's a point where uh, Apollo pees on a rug uh, or pees on a, a scarf. And that whole scene, I just went, <laughs> I laughed. I, I will give Jared little credit. I actually laughed. But for where this movie ends up, and especially where the last, I'll say the last eh, 40-ish minutes kind of goes, tonally the movie is too all over the place in the first two-thirds to warrant where it ends up. And the movie kind of just ends. It just kind of ends on a whimper. And I will say, too, there isn't really a lot of uh, a fluidity between the scenes, the transitions between scenes. It's like, oh, we were in this, you know, we were in the truck yard now. Oh, now we're in Italy or, oh, now we're at this villa. Like, there's really no rhythm in the scene transitions. And the more you watch the movie, the more apparent that becomes. And that was something I just went after a while. I was sitting there going, yeah, I don't like how choppy this feels at points. So, again, I have some issues with the movie. There are some really good performances here. I think if there is going to be an Oscar-nominated performance, it'll probably be Gaga. But I also think, in large part, that's also because a lot of people, myself included, kind of went, ah, she probably should have won for A Star is Born. All due respect to Olivia Colman, who I'm a huge fan of. But do I think Gaga's going to win this year? No, because I think Kristen Stewart's got that on lock for playing Princess Die. But yeah, Gaga could get a Gaga could easily get a performance, uh, get a, a best actress nomination out of this very easily. It'll be interesting to see what the field looks like, but I don't see her winning. So I will say this is a interesting Ridley Scott film. I have been thinking about this since Wednesday night. I've been on the C plus B minus, like right on that tilt, and I just. Damn, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be somewhat nice, and I'll be the first to admit I am being a little nice because of Driver and the performances that I did like. 
I'm going to give this a B minus, but it is so close to C plus. Like, I cannot stress enough how incredibly fuck, fucking close this movie is from being a C plus. But I'm going to give it the B minus. I think if you see this at a early matinee uh, or see this in like a, you know, $5 movie Tuesday or something like that, I think you'll go, all right, there's enough there to warrant me seeing this. But as far as people loving it, I don't think so. I think it'll be in this range for more people than not. But yeah, B minus. But again, it is the lowest of a B minus. But House of Gucci, everyone, uh, have you seen it? What did you think? Let us know in the comments. You can go ahead and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. That's SoundCloud, Apple, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Tune Up, to name a few spots at The Real Pineapple. Don't forget to follow yours truly on the Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter as well at NearmanTheFirst. And don't forget to like both our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. Uh, I'm going to be hopping on Twitch here soon. Uh, this month, I will be hopping on Twitch because we will be doing a uh, live watch along of Jingle All The Way. Uh, like both pages, be up to date on that. I am so excited to watch Jingle All The Way. <laughs> and uh, you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunterrealpineapple. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We will have reviews up here soon for, uh, oh my gosh, what do we have coming up? We got uh, uh, in in uh, Encanto, gonna have a review for that. Gonna have a review for The Last Duel, have a review for The Harder They Fall, have a review for Belfast, name a few. And this year for the holiday season, we're doing 12 days of holiday reviews. So that will be starting here around the 8th of this month. I'm very excited to go ahead and get some reviews of the holiday season done and one thing I know I'll be reviewing is Klaus because I wanted to review that a few years ago didn't get a chance to and I'll have a review as well for Home Sweet Home Alone along with some other holiday theme movies but everyone thank you so much for listening thank you for continuing to support the podcast uh, take care of each other wear your mask get your booster shot if you haven't yet stay safe and we will talk to you soon thanks again